in the last half hour, we were talking about uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I'm sure some of you may be looking for travel deals over the next few days or stuff to travel with. It turns out a lot of us are looking forward to traveling again this winter. Um, I suspect many of us have already done a bit of traveling, but many, many people are hoping to get away over the winter months. And that's normal, right? Uh, Some travel agents are reporting sales are up by more than 25% this year. Holiday travel, always a big one. Holiday travel is looking really expensive this year. I was looking around at prices the other day and it's looking steep and there's not much left. Like it's all been booked out. Most of it has. Um, But, you know, one of the issues is if you think back to what traveling was like in say 2018, early 2019, and you could sort of wait to the last minute, book yourself a deal. There was lots of places to go. It feels like it's changed a bit. I mean, inflation means higher everything, you know, higher costs for flights, gas, hotel rooms, you name it. Um, But there's also just not as much out there, it feels like. Um, So with all that in mind, and the fact that we're heading into, you know, the holiday season, which is great. But after that, after the holidays is winter without the holidays. So, you know, January, February, March, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you're hoping to get away this year. Maybe you're hoping to go get a bit of sunshine. Or maybe not even go that far, do something different. Uh, So to get you some tips on how to best navigate the travel plans this year, uh, Jennifer Weatherhead is joining us. She's a travel journalist and founder of a website called travelinstyle.ca. Jennifer, thank you. Thanks for having me today. So it's no no imagination, despite high costs and inflation and so on, uh, the desire to travel really is out there. I gather demand is pretty high. Yeah, you know what? It's still really, really high. We saw this huge surge of travelers during the summer. That's typically peak travel season, especially for Canadians. But it hasn't really let up. And it looks like the holiday season, kind of the second peak season of travel, if you will, is definitely going to be prime travel time for Canadians. And I think that's going to lead into the winter, too, because I think that Canadians maybe... Some of us have been traveling, you know, in the past year or so, but some people were still kind of holding off and wanting to wait a little bit longer, maybe save up a little bit more. And now they're really, really ready to get out there. So it's going to be a busy time. And getting out of the getting out of the snow is always um, always has a certain appeal to it, doesn't it? (laughs) Of course, of course, especially I think by the time November comes around and we've seen, you know, at least one snowfall across most of the country. That's when people are like, hey, I might need some extra vitamin D, some sun, some beach time at some point during this long Canadian winter that we're going to have probably. Yeah, I've been looking around. I mean, what's interesting this year compared to pre-pandemic is just how volatile it all is. You know, the, the, the prices for stuff are all over the place. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to point out. I think that we haven't gotten back to those pre-pandemic days where you could snag that last minute deal, like a weekend getaway to the Caribbean or something like that. That's not really happening anymore. And that has a lot to do with the fact that there is that pent up demand across the world to travel again, especially with Canadians. So you are going to see things fluctuating a lot. So I would keep an eye on any kind of email promotions that you're getting, sign up for all of those things, because those right. are kind of a way to to sneak in and get a good deal in advance, but also think about booking farther in advance. So start thinking about three, four months out, be booking. 
Yeah, which is sort of it has to, it demands a bit of a change in approach, I think, for a lot of people. So I guess the problems will be this year specifically, if you think about what I noticed was over the holidays always, but also already sort of March break, spring break, that those those periods are already way up. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is because people have been thinking a little bit in advance and some of those flights and some of those package deals are already starting to book up. And, you know, companies and airlines have been planning for this. They've been, you know, long awaiting the comeback of travel. And so they've been enticing people to do this for a little while. So we're starting to see people planning a bit further in advance. But I would say, you know, if it is at all possible, you mentioned, you know, that spring break period as being one of the busiest times or most expensive times to be traveling, if it's at all possible to kind of go a little bit earlier, a little bit later, you might be able to find a better deal or a better price range there. I know that involves, you know, especially if you have children, that can change a lot of plans and a little bit more organization is probably required on that side. But that might be a spot where you could save a bit of money if you could rearrange those dates a bit. Yeah, I was noticing that even if you book sort of three to four days before the rush starts, or, you know, midweek, for instance, the Wednesday instead of the Friday or the Saturday, already the prices are down a bit. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's going to take a little bit of that extra research, a little bit of that extra time commitment on the booking end of your trip to kind of make sure that you're sourcing out the best options for you. I mean, some people can't make those arrangements, but if you can have a little bit of wiggle room, that's your opportunity to save money. Flexibility is really, really key when it comes to booking travel these days. The other thing I've been noticing recently, Jennifer, is a lot of the places that you used to think of as being sort of inexpensive, Florida, for instance, if you're on the East Coast, to California, if you're on the West Coast, uh, Mexico as well, either side of Mexico, depending where you are. Those aren't those aren't inexpensive this year. They're just not. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really it's really sad as Canadians because we're we're looking for that sun and those getaways that are usually our mainstays, right? And a lot of that does have to do with the demand and that those destinations are expecting a lot of people to be coming back. But what you can do is start looking at some other options that maybe aren't in those very typical spots. So I usually like to look at what I call sister destinations or slightly smaller destinations that you might not always consider. You might want to look at, say, New Mexico instead of California because you're still getting beautiful weather and great sunshine. But it might not be as expensive as, you know, going to the southern part of California. Same with Mexico. Maybe you look at going to a Caribbean island or to Central America instead. Those places might have some better deals or better options for you. Yeah, because I imagine there's still a lot of competition for the tourist dollar out there. It's just been a little harder to find than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a little bit more digging. And I also think that, you know, Canadians tend to be a little bit more cautious and we tend to fall back on our favorite destinations. When we fall in love with a destination as a Canadian traveler, we will keep going back there. You know, we like that something that's familiar and comfortable. But if you kind of look a little bit outside of what you would normally do, that's an opportunity to not just save a bit of money, but you might end up finding a brand new destination that is really going to speak to you once you get there. So it's worth giving it a chance. Yeah, I guess when you're abandoning 40 below, you don't want any surprises when you get there, right? That's You want it to be picture perfect, and that's always uh, that, that tends to see us returning to the same spots over and over. Any advice, once you're on, once you sort of made your bookings, I mean, I've traveled a fair amount the past year, it has changed. I mean, there's the, it, things are just a little bit different when you travel these days. Much less checked luggage, I've noticed. I think people have started to learn that trick. But with snow returning, I imagine we do have to worry about delays again, and, you know, that's already been a bit of a problem this year a big a big problem in the summer but i I imagine it's still lingering in the system 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw across the country, most of our major airports had issues dealing with the influx of travelers that just wanted to get away. And I would expect that there will still be some issues, especially during the holidays and during the winter season. Airports are still kind of ramping everything back up. They're definitely better than where they were before, but I would still prepare for spending some extra time at an airport, be prepared for those delays, have backup plans. You know, the weather during the winter season can always cause, you know, hectic things to happen to our travel plan. So always be prepared. And I always think that if you're the most prepared going into this trip and you're thinking of all of the worst case scenarios that could possibly happen, that's when everything's going to go really smoothly. You're going to sail through security. You're going to sail through right onto your plane and have a very, you know, uneventful trip. So be as prepared as possible. Yeah. I've never, I've never regretted being the first, you know, being one of the first people at the gate, you know, it's always, uh, it's, uh, take some doing, I know it's tough for everyone to get organized. How have you changed, uh, your travel habits since uh, in the past year or so, I guess you've been back traveling again more. Have you, have you made any adjustments? Yeah, you know, I'm definitely fully back into traveling full swing, maybe a little bit more than I was before the pandemic, just because I didn't get to do it for a while. So I'm trying to take advantage. I was that person who was, you know, getting to the gate as my zone was called (laughs) before (laughs) the pandemic. And I used to pride myself on that. I had enough time to grab a tea and use the restroom and get to the gate (laughs) as my zone was being called. But I don't do that anymore. Now I do make sure that I get there with lots of time. And it's actually a lot more relaxing, I will admit, than what I was doing before, because I have some time to actually enjoy the tea and not worry about spilling it on myself as I rush yeah, to the plane. Exactly. Um, so definitely that I've always been a carry on only person for probably the past 12 years or so. So that part hasn't changed. But I do enjoy seeing everyone else doing the carry on option too, because I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, it certainly makes for for um, for a difficult um, sort of Rubik's cube when you get on the get on the plane though to try and fit all that overhead luggage into uh, into the bins because it's been uh, it just feels more crowded in there these days. Yeah, definitely. And I will say that you know you want to make sure that you double check the sizing. Make sure you look at your specific flight. So when you go to check in, check the sizing because it will depend on the type of plane that you're going on how big that carry-on size will actually be. And then, you know, always make sure that if you can get in in a higher zone for boarding, whether that's through status or some airlines allow you to pay for that, that will help ensure that your luggage will actually get on the plane with you. But if for some reason they ask you to, you know, gate check it, usually you should be able to get it as soon as you get off the plane on that ramp. But those are a couple of things that, you know, I think are well worth a little bit of extra effort to do carry-on versus waiting you know, all that time and the chance of having your luggage actually lost for days. Yeah. Do, do you book, I mean, one thing that, uh, that that's available now, I mean, you have to pay for it sometimes, but otherwise you can book in early, right? I mean, online allows you to, to check in early and it always seems, even if you just do it 24 hours in advance for free, it seems like the right move. I'm not so sure about paying the extra $30 to check in early, but anyway, what do you think? I, I think it really, it's going to depend on the traveler, right? You know, if right. someone really doesn't want to stress about that, then that's probably worth an extra 30 bucks to them. But other people don't mind, you know, just going with the flow. And it really is going to come down to what type of traveler you are, and what you're the most comfortable with, because that 30 bucks could easily be spent on a souvenir, or a great cocktail at your destination or, or what have you. So it's yeah. really up to you on how you choose to do it. But I say, spend your money in areas where it's going to make you feel good and not as stressed out. 
And I have noticed that since the uh, coming onto planes after the pandemic, there's less food. So if you're someone who likes to eat on the, if you're someone who gets hungry on a long flight, pack in advance, be aware. Yeah, you need the snacks because the last thing you also want is to be hangry on a plane too, especially yeah. if you have a longer flight. <laughs> Well, uh, so if I get this straight, sister destinations is probably a really good idea. So if you're if you're looking around for something for this winter, not seeing what you like or seeing places you're familiar with that are too expensive, just have a look. How do you do that? Is it easy to sort of do you, do you need to do your research or can can um, any number of travel websites sort of encourage sort of push you in the right direction? Yeah, there are a couple of ways you can do it. You can do a little research on your own and just kind of look at what's around and maybe look at Instagram or TikTok, those kinds of things to see where other people are traveling. Those are actually really great resources. I know sometimes we give social media some flack with what it come, when it comes to travel, but sometimes you can find really kind of under the radar spots on there. So you could always do that. But then also those booking sites, a lot of times you can put in a region or right. any destination. You don't have to put in an actual name or actual place. So then it will pop up with deals that will be listing out, you know, all of the Caribbean and you can kind of pick and choose. And you might see an island there that you really hadn't thought of going to for a really great price. So be flexible with that and also make sure that you check off flexibility with your dates as well, because that can also make a difference. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for your advice. Thanks for having me.